I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 21. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Well, I'm back after my little Easter hiatus, and hasn't a shitload of stuff happened in the world of rugby league over the last couple of weeks? Kind of wish I didn't take the time off. Of course, the biggest news was that New York and Ottawa are one step closer to being included in the English rugby league structure after RFL clubs uh, voted in favour by a 19 to 4 majority. It's up to the RFL now. I'm not going to talk about that as a major topic tonight, but look, it'll probably pop up in the golden points. Uh, so let's see what happens there. What I do want to talk about tonight, uh, topic number one is going to to be, of course, the 12 men's and four women's sides that have been named for the World Nines tournament to be taking place at Bank West Stadium later on this year. I'm going to be talking about a couple of World Cup qualifiers that are happening in the next month or two. And I'm also going to be talking, well, I spoke to Lee Addison a couple of days ago in regards to a media release that has come out today on the same day that this podcast will come out from the Polish Rugby League, talking about how they are unfortunately pulling out of their Filipino tour, which was announced for later on this year. It's really shit news. It's really sad news. In fact, for both Poland and and for the Philippines, they're all very excited about it. We're going to go dive deep into why that sort of happened. Uh, Look, it's a very passionate discussion from uh, a very hardworking rugby league man uh, from a developing nation, and it's a common story. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, look, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so can't wait to share that with you guys at the end. As always, there are golden points, uh, and I'm going to do a little bit differently today. Uh, it was suggested by one of our listeners of the show, uh, the biggest tiger, mate, how you going? Hope you're listening. Uh, he said, why don't you try do golden points at the start? Now that goes against everything uh, golden points is about. It's meant to be at the end, but we're going to try it. We're going to do it. I'm going to flip it upside down today. Uh, we'll do golden points first. So we'll get stuck right in soon. But first of all, I do want to say thank you to Ricky Cancino and Ash Barco. They're the guys responsible for our intro and outro, which I'm still loving, still rocking out too. And I also want to say uh, thank you to our affiliate Got our affiliate sponsors, mascordbrowns.com and mascordbrowns.com.au. They've given you guys, our listeners, the chance to get 10% off your rugby league international gear. Everything except Wigan Warriors gear that is available on the website is available to you, the listeners of Chasing Kangaroos. 10% off. All you need to do is enter the discount code Kangaroo Court. That's Kangaroo C A U G H T at time of purchase. Uh, so do that, buy something, buy some buy some Poland gear or some Filipino gear. It's all available at mascordbrowns.com and the new Australian website, mascordbrowns.com.au. So guys, let's get stuck in with some golden points to kick things off. Let's do it. So golden points, and we'll start in Jamaica, where the Excelsior Eagles have been crowned the Jamaican Intercol 2019 champions after defeating the CMU Spartans 
22-18 in a very close grand final. Eagles hooker Akeem Murray earned himself MVP for the season. Uh, let's see if he gets a call up to that nine side that for Jamaica that'll be taking part in the America's Nines over in Toronto, Canada in three weeks' time. If you're around Lamport Stadium in three weeks, make sure you get your tickets because that's going to be an awesome event. We can't wait to hear all about it. Meanwhile, the GC Foster Lions, they took out third place, defeating the University of West Indies Pelican side 28-22. to So two close games to end a very successful, I believe, Jamaican domestic tournament this year. Keeps getting bigger and better every year. So, Romeo Monteef at all, uh, congratulations, guys. Keep it up. And uh, let's let's see how they go at the nines now. Guys, golden point. So, over to Turkey and some news from Iran as well. So, the Persian Rugby League Club have confirmed their participation in this year's Turkish Rugby League uh, beach tournament, which will be happening in Istanbul in July. Now, this is a five-a-side tournament. Uh, held in Istanbul every year. Uh, and look, not huge news. It's not 13-a-side rugby league. It's not even 9-a-side rugby league. It's beach rugby league. Uh, but to my knowledge, this is the first time aside from Iran is dabbling in rugby league. So really interesting. I could be wrong there, so please correct me if I am. But yeah, baby steps for Iran, and we look forward to seeing their progress and, and the entire Beach Nines tournament in July as well. Guys, golden points over to Nigeria. So welcome to the Rugby League family, to the Lagos Kings, who have been announced as the fifth side uh, to take place in this year's uh, inaugural Nigerian Rugby League domestic competition. These guys have no Super League ties like some of the other clubs that have been named so far. For example, the Lagos Rhinos. But look, two Lagos teams now, so there's going to be a little bit of a local derby. Awesome rivalry. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, we do understand the tournament or the competition, sorry, kicks off uh, in May. And there could be another five teams announced. So that'll have to happen soon. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, watch this space. All right, Golden Point. 9,562. That is the new attendance record for a regular season fixture outside of the Super League. And it happened in Toronto at Lamport Stadium at the home opener for the Wolfpack up against Swinton. The Wolfpack won that game 52-10, to 10, which was expected. But what an event. Who would have thought if you, five years ago that we'd be getting close to 10,000 people packing a stadium in Toronto for a second division rugby league game? Uh, if... if that doesn't tell you that they need to be in the Super League ASAP. I don't know what will. Great to see the fans there going nuts. Rugby League are really starting to carve out a niche over in Canada. And I, I heard today that the Toronto Arrows Rugby Union Club had a, had a match there on the same day as well. And they drew about 1,000 people. So, look, I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. But really interesting to see what's going on over there. Uh, and as Charlie mentioned on this show a few weeks ago... Could Rugby League be the rugby code over in Canada very soon? Could definitely be happening in Toronto. Guys, just a little shout out to the mascots. So uh, a little bit of fun from the marketing department. But as we as we may have heard, uh, the mascot for the Wolfpack last year, Jefferson, uh, that suit was stolen. So Wolfpack needed a new mascot. And they came out a few days ago with Gordo, who was a bit of a shabby wolf. Uh, he had some long, dirty hair played a saxophone, had an open flannelette, sort of grungy, sort of Kurt Cobain-style shirt. Think, if you're a Simpsons fan, think Poochie. So I don't know if you remember the episode when Itchy and Scratchy introduced the Poochie character. Uh, the kids hated Poochie, and let me tell you, the kids hated Gordo as well. Um, there was a lot of backlash on social media. Uh, the Wolfpack responded with a press release from from Gordo saying that, you know, he's misunderstood and the fans need to 
need to give him a chance. Uh, Gordo came out at the start of the match. I believe I heard a few boos in the video, but at halftime, of course, Jefferson to the rescue. Jefferson runs on. The fans went wild. And uh, look, I don't know if there'll be two Wolfpack mascots now or if it's just going to be Jefferson and Gordo is going to, you know, walk off into the distance. But look, a little bit of fun, awesome storyline and um, just some fun from the marketing team over in Toronto. It's just the little things that really get the crowd involved and got a lot of people talking the days in the days leading up to this match. So I think a lot of clubs around the world can learn a lot from the Wolfpack, that's for sure. Guys, golden point, and uh, over to Europe for some women's international rugby league. So I heard today, and really excited to hear, that Turkey will be playing their first ever international women's match, and that'll be happening against Italy. So well done, guys. That'll be happening in Istanbul, 18th of May, 2019. So it's not too far away, uh, and Italy will be very keen to get back out on the field after a heavy loss, heavy defeat to France last year. Guys, golden point, over to Morocco. So the grand final. Uh, for their domestic tournament, was played on 28th of April, so just a couple of days ago. And the winners, Gul Gulman, uh, defeated the Nador Arekman, four points to nil. So very low scoring, almost a soccer score, uh, but awesome stuff. Great to see domestic rugby league happening in Morocco once again. Uh, speaking of domestic rugby league, golden point over to Papua New Guinea. And uh, in the Digicel Cup, I just want to shout out to the, the Agmaris Gurias side. Uh, they beat Mendy Morocks. Morocks. 16 to 4. Oh, my pronunciations, they get better every week, don't they? But the, but the Gurias side, after round 4, they are undefeated and top of the table. We had some footage on our Instagram page of uh, some highlights from the Digicel Cup about a week ago. Uh, if you get a chance, YouTube some, some PNG Digicel Cup because it's just really exciting to watch. All right, Golden Point, and thanks to our listener, Yan Roo from, from Auckland for this one. Well, Yan's actually from Auckland, but he's French, so it gives us a lot of French news. Uh, which is really awesome because uh, I have trouble translating some of that stuff. But there's news that Netflix are potentially working on a Catalan Dragons documentary. So it's expected to follow their Challenge Cup uh, campaign this season. And I uh, hope it happens. I'll have to, have to resubscribe to Netflix. I've had a little bit of a break, but have to get that back for sure if that happens. Guys, golden point. And over in Italy, so as mentioned by Razio Dardo on episode 16 of our podcast, uh, it's been officially announced now, so the Under-19s European Championship will be held in Lignano in Italy in September 2020. Uh, so eight sides will participate in the tournament, um, which include 2018 champions France, the runners-up England, uh, Wales, Scotland, Serbia, Ireland, and of course Italy. Um, the Ukraine, who finished last in 2018, they're going to be potentially asked to qualify, uh, as there's been some expressions of interest coming from other nations as well. So last event was held in Serbia, quite successful, and it's going to be huge over in Italy as well. So anyone that can make it there, start saving your pennies, because uh, Lignano is a beautiful part of the world, so worth the holiday as well. Guys, Golden Point and Lebanon have announced that Rick Stone has been appointed as their head coach. Uh, the former Newcastle Knights and Huddersfield Giants coach will be taking the seat, which was vacated by New South Wales Origin coach Brad Fittler, of course. Uh, his first match at the helm will be against Fiji in June. And uh, then it's on to the World Cup and preparation for that as well. So good luck to Rick. I think that's an awesome appointment. Um, and it's going to be good to see how Lebanon go uh, in the lead up to the next World Cup. And guys, golden point, 
I did mention it at the top of the show. So New York and Ottawa, they're a step closer to being included into that English structure. So I guess next up, uh, the RFL board, they're expected to meet again in June, or they're not expected to meet again until June, sorry. Uh, so we, we, we might not see a decision till then. Uh, some are saying it could happen as soon as May. There could be an early meeting held in May uh, to give these guys a chance to start negotiating some contracts for next year if they are given the green light to go ahead. Uh, it's going to need to happen in May, guys, if, if there's if there's any possibility uh, for 2020 to see either of these sides in the League One or possibly the Championship as well. Guys, we heard a lot of uh, interesting news from the New York side of the bid. So, of, of course, they announced their partners, MasterCard, Hilton Hotels, Virgin Atlantic, um, and they'll be playing out of Red Bull Arena as well. Uh, there, there's a real emphasis on development uh, of USA-born players uh, with USARL chairman Danny Hansen announcing that the bid, New York City bid, has agreed to partner with the USARL in developing um, some local talent, and they could also field a reserve-grade team uh, in the USARL as well, which I think that that's that's a must. That definitely needs to happen, uh, and and I'd hope to see Toronto and if Ottawa, uh, I'd hope to see Ottawa doing that as well later on down the track. We didn't hear a lot of new stuff from from Ottawa, um, so interesting to see what happens. But look, I think they're they're both well placed, um, and and good luck, good luck to both sides. Hopefully, we see them uh, see an announcement in the coming weeks. <laughs> Topic number one, it feels a little bit weird doing this after Golden Points, but but let's do it. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, so about a week ago, the NRL announced uh, the nations that will be taking part in this year's Rugby League Down and Nines World Cup to be held at Bankwest Stadium in Parramatta. Uh, the news is a week old, so I won't, I won't harp on too much about it, but I will go through the sides and talk about some surprises and things like that as well. So let's start with, with the men's. So uh, no surprises at, in the beginning. So uh, the, the sides ranked 1-7 to seven in the world, Australia, England, New Zealand, Tonga, Fiji, France, and Samoa, they're all there. Uh, then we jump to ranked sides number 9 to 11. So Lebanon, Papua New Guinea, and Wales have been named as well. Uh, then the two surprises, so USA, they're ranked 15 in the world, they're going to be there. Uh, and the Cook Islands, so they're ranked number 43 in the world, they're going to be there as well. So the, the notable teams that missed out were, of course, Scotland, who are ranked 8, and Ireland, who are ranked 12. So a lot of people are asking why they're not there. Um, and I guess you could say that they're going to be focusing on qualifying for the World Cup. So they probably didn't want to send sides down to play nines in Sydney at exactly that same time. For, for me, I think it's a little bit of a marketing thing as well. So uh, too many home nations, it all means the same to, to some of us Aussies over here as well. So I think England and Wales is fantastic. Uh, Scotland and Ireland, much the same. Much of the same, unfortunately. Sorry to say that, guys. Uh, and look, USA, um, I think there's no no surprise that the NRL wants to build their brand over in the States. So, and, and USA is probably, in terms of nations around the world, it's probably the biggest brand that's out there. So I'm uh, going to see them over here. Probably see Jamil Robinson and Brandon Anderson over here uh, playing some, some, some nines rugby league. The other one's a Cook Island. So that's an interesting one. Uh, they're ranked 43 in the world. Now, the Cook Islands, they do have probably a large following in Sydney, especially in Western Sydney. Uh, they've they've competed at Nines tournaments uh, in Cabra the Cabramatta Nines, for example, as well, and they do get a little bit of a crowd 
so it could be a bit of a marketing thing as well. We want to get as many Pacific nations uh, here, build up the game in the Pacific, and also Cook Islands. I'll be taking part in the Oceana Cup Group B next year, as we know too. So probably trying to build things up, build that brand up as well, and give them a chance. So that's probably the reason for both of those sides, uh, as opposed to Scotland and Ireland. A couple of other unlucky sides to miss out, I believe, as well. So Jamaica, like I just really think they should have been there, especially after qualifying for the World Cup. They're an awesome brand. It would be amazing to see some Jamaican accents <laughs> interviewed uh, on Fox Sports before some matches and at halftime and after matches as well. But it would have been great to see them out here. Uh, the other one is Italy as well. So they're as big a brand as, say, a Lebanon, for example. Uh, I know the side would have been made up of mainly NRL uh, Italian Australian players, which Arazzo Dara told us in episode 16 of Chasing Kangaroos. Uh, but look, Lebanon's going to be like that as well. And I think, um, look, it's, it's a shame we couldn't get at least 16 teams here in the men's uh, tournament, to be honest with you. Uh, over to the women's. So there's four sides there, or four nations in the women's tournament. So no surprises at the top. So r sides ranked one to three. Australia, New Zealand, and England will be there. Uh, then it's the sixth ranked side. Papua New Guinea will be there as well. So look, I guess from a logistical re uh, perspective, um, and also a brand perspective, like the Power Mary movies just can't come out. Uh, Papua New Guinea rugby league very popular. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for for the PNG side to be there, but I guess the the notable exclusion would be Canada. So the the, the Canadian um, side they're ranked four in the world in women's rugby league. Uh, real shame that they couldn't be there. But I, I look for me, I think what has has to happen next is I want to hear about an emerging nations nines. I've been speaking to a few people about this. It needs to happen in 2020. It needs to mirror the nines. Um, and I talk a little bit about this uh, with uh, with Lee Addison in topic number three, so look out for that one too. But, uh, I mean, let's just talk about Italy, Jamaica, Malta, Serbia, Greece, Canada, Philippines, Poland, Niue, Vanuatu, Turkey, Chile, El Salvador, Colombia, Hong Kong, Brazil, Argentina. The list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, these nations could be playing in an emerging nines tournament if given the opportunity. And then look at the women as well. So we've already mentioned Canada, Cook Islands. I'm sure Nate Gladden would love to get his USA ladies side uh, over to an emerging nations nines as well. France, Italy, Turkey, maybe even some Pacific nations. Um, I think it needs to happen. Um, I want to start the conversation. If anyone wants to get involved, and get the conversation going or, or make this happen, then let me know. But um, Emerging Nations 9s 2020 to mirror the, t the 2019 9s World Cup. Let's get it happening, guys. Topic number two, and I want to talk about a couple of upcoming World Cup qualifiers. So uh, it was announced... Uh, last week again, so this is probably old news to some of you, but uh, I've been off for two weeks, so but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So um, the Cook Islands will be facing South Africa at Ringrose Park in Wentworthville in Sydney on June 21. Uh, the winner winner of that match will play the USA in October October over in Jacksonville, and the winner of that game will get a place 
in the uh, 2021 uh, Rugby League World Cup over in the UK. So, uh, look, I'm glad this has officially been announced. Uh, there's been a bit of back and forth here. We didn't know if the Cook Islands were going were gonna to take part. We didn't know if South Africa were going to take part. Um, a, f a few months ago, we heard that they were going to pull out. Then the Cook Islands were scheduled to play Fiji uh, in the Invitational, the Pacific Invitational at Leichhardt Oval on this same weekend. But then they pulled out of that um, because they were expecting to play this game. Uh, Lebanon are there now as well playing Fiji. So that's, that's going to be awesome. But um, look, Cook Islands, South Africa, it's happening on June 20. Um, in terms of the Cook Island side, I think they're going to have a strong side. They're going to have some heritage players from the NRL there. Uh, they've got, they're going to have a pretty strong side. Um, as for South Africa, I'm not too sure what to expect. I'm not sure what's going on over there. I haven't heard a lot. I understand they could have some heritage players that play lower grades, maybe Queensland Cup or New South Wales Canterbury Cup. Um, for example, or even lower grades than that. But I'm not too sure what's happening domestically over there, so I'm not really sure what to expect. But um, I think we're going to see some NRL-level uh, Cook Islands players, perhaps. And uh, if that's the case, then the USA should be worried in October because uh, I think Cook Islands are going to are going to definitely beat South Africa in this match. Uh, the other game, of course, is Greece versus Norway in May 19. That'll be happening in London. We've mentioned this a few times on the show, and we've had... Uh, Stuart McLennan talk about this one a couple of times on the show as well. But the si uh, the squads have been named um, for Greece and for Norway. Um, so to the guys to look out for for Greece, so Stefanos Bastas and Robert Tuliatu. Uh, Stefanos is from Doncaster and Robert is from the London Scholars. So both so a little bit of League One experience for the Greek side. Also 14 of their 20-man squad uh, are from the Greek Domestic League as well. So that's really great to see. Uh, for Norway... Um, Nathan Cummins is probably the man to look to look for. He plays for the Stavrang Stavranger Storm. He's the captain of the side, and many Australians will know him as uh, the brother of the Honey Badger, Nick Cummins, a rugby union player. Uh, so Nathan qualifies um, via residency, I believe. So um, he went over to Norway, uh, met a girl, fell in love. Uh, the rest is history. Um, so all 20 Norwegian uh, players come from their eight-team comp domestic competition as well. So this is the first time ever that these two sides will meet. Uh, my tip for this one is going to be Greece. I think they're going to be too strong. Uh, but you never know. You never know. I uh, I do get a lot of tip tips wrong. I have been wrong before, guys. But yeah, like I'm going to be tipping Greece for this one. A lot of people have been asking me uh, why London... Um, go back, listen to episode five of Chasing Kangaroos, uh, topic number three. We talk about what's going on in Greece. I spoke a little bit about it with Stu McLennan as well a couple of episodes ago, uh, episode 19. Uh, so obviously a um, bit of trouble with the police and the government over there for the Greek Rugby League. Uh, it sounds crazy. It is pretty crazy. But go back and listen to those episodes and you'll know why Greece are playing this home game in London. But good luck to all involved. My tips once again, Cook Islands, I think, will beat South Africa. And I think Greece will be too strong for Norway. Uh, winner of that match, of course, goes through to the European qualifications for the final uh, four spots in that World Cup in 2021. <laughs> Final topic for the night, and uh, it's a sad one, as I mentioned at the top of the show. So uh, Poland uh, have announced today, uh, if you're listening on the day that we release a show, May 1st, Wednesday, uh, a press release has gone out today by the Polish Rugby League announcing that they are pulling out of their two-match tour of the Philippines, which was announced for later in the year. 
everyone, all parties were very excited, uh, but it's not happening. Uh, and to explain that a little bit further, uh, I spoke to Lee Addison a few days ago, a head coach of the Polish Rugby League. Uh, Lee had a lot to say, some interesting insights, uh, some good insights into what it's like to be part of a developing rugby league nation, actually. Uh, some sad stuff. Um, you can find out what you can do to help. Um, but look, it's a common story. It's a story that needs to be heard. So I'm going to throw it over to the chat that I had with Lee a couple of days ago. I started off uh, by reading out the uh, the press release from Poland Rugby League. Poland withdraw from Philippines tour due to lack of funding. So the Poland Rugby League is sorry to announce that due to financial restraints and costs increasing, the, pro- the proposed October tour to the Philippines has had to be shelved. Head coach Lee Addison said the final cost breakdown was too much for a huge chunk of the players, of, of the playing group taking it on. Uh, absolutely everything was to be self-funded by the players and staff. We have no significant sponsorship at this stage to help us. And because we don't have a huge playing group, uh, if half the players and staff can't do it, we're in real trouble. So that's what happened. Uh, the committee have worked so hard to get this going and are gen- genuinely upset we can't do it. Alex Kowalski, so the president of Poland Rugby League Exiles in Australia, added that, first of all, uh, we want to apologise to the Philippines who are desperate to play a fixture in their home nation for the first time since 2013. And we're so sorry that we've had to make this decision. We had every intention of helping them out. It's a real shame because we were hoping to build momentum from our success at the Emerging Nations World Cup. We started looking at flights months ago, and once we considered the added burden of airport taxes, getting transfers to hotels, training and playing, venues, insurance, kit, medical supplies uh, and other considerations, the cost started to creep up and up. Uh, Once we weighed everything up, we put it to the playing staff, and well over half of them had major concerns about costs. We simply can't raise a team for this tour under these circumstances. Uh, Some members of the public have kindly donated to the GoFundMe page to help homegrown Polish players travel to the Philippines. All donations will be fully refunded. Uh, mate, pretty pretty tough times and pretty mm. sad news for, for the for Poland and the Philippines. Mm. I think I think from a rugby league point of view it's a it's another one bites the dust kind of kind mm. of feeling. Um, it's a very it's a very common common trend in rugby league that we get excited about something we think something will happen and then somewhere along the line it becomes too difficult and and nine times out of ten it comes down to funding michael um yep look i'll try and keep this simple for everyone listening the polish team comes from america comes from poland comes from england yep. comes from sydney comes from brisbane comes from townsville um so uh, logistically, that started to throw in some difficulties. Secondly, um, because we announced the tour, rightly or wrongly, a couple of months ago, we were on a time, a sort of ticking time bomb for getting finances together. At the same time, um, a guy called Paul Schramer took over the, the running of the tour and, and took over as tour manager. And, and he is experienced in handling tours. He's been a tour manager before and, and started to realise that, um, well, we all realise this, that insurances overseas, medical supplies, um, transfers from an airport. I mean, apparently where we were thinking of playing was four hours from an airport. And the only flight that got in on the night, uh, sorry, arrived at night time, we would have had to find a hotel there and then travel four hours. Just little things like this. 
and they just started building up and building up and building up and, and a and a flight and accommodation package that looked like it might be in the eight to nine hundreds for the players then became a fifteen hundred dollar package. And in the time frame it just couldn't be done. Because what people I would like people to understand is that Poland have as things stand right now, I believe we have zero sponsorship. So yeah. um it's not like we've got a kitty of money that we can just tap into and and use for this. Um, we we are, as far as I know, we are at zero. I'm not the treasurer, but we're roughly about zero from what I can gather because all monies were spent on the Emerging Nations World Championship. So yeah, it's not like this pot of money that we can just keep calling upon. Um, there's a few other factors as well. I mean, we've only got a small squad, all all said and done. And all of a sudden, if ten frontline players can't do it, it starts to become a little bit, a little bit difficult as well. So, we yep. took the decision, and I was quite, um, I was quite keen to sort of put a deadline on it, and everyone agreed, and uh, we put a deadline on it last Friday, and we didn't have enough support to get the tour going. So, we're pretty devastated, mate. It's quite a significant blow after everything that happened in the Emerging Nations for us. Well, mate, it was huge because the Emerging Nations was a great success and that match against the Philippines was a great one. It would have been excellent to continue, I guess, the, the rivalry between the two two growing nations would have been amazing. Have have the guys, obviously the guys from the Philippines have been made aware of the situation. Yeah. How, yeah. how have they taken it? Oh, they, obviously they're upset, but they understand. The, the fact of the matter is, Michael, that you and I and so many people saw what happened at the Emerging Nations. I think I've been on your show before and said it. Hopefully, it's just the start of something. We're going to emerge into a into a brighter future. But the the reality is, um, I only see one person who's really driving the international game down here in the Southern Hemisphere. That's Taz Pateri. I'll never yeah. say a bad word about Taz. I've been on TV. I've been on radio before saying the game needs fifty Taz Pateris. Yeah. Um, you know, we need as emerging nations something to aim for. When we are going to sponsors, so you know, I understand that there's no money. That's fine, but give us every chance of finding some. So, for example, if we can turn around to sponsors and say, "There's an emerging nations in four years," "There's an emerging nations nines in two years," or "There's an emerging European nations," or an emerging an emerging Pacific nations, or you know, something. If all these countries can say that then it's a lot easier to go to the well and ask for money. Whereas if there's nothing locked in, if we're just talking about a hypothetical tour of the Philippines um, and we, we, we find it hard to lock it down, um, it's very hard to go to people and say, can you sponsor this? You know? Um, why can't the game sit down and say that in 2022 or 2023 will be the next Emerging Nations World title? World Championship. Why? Why can't that happen, Michael? Can you explain to me? Like, I can't explain it at all. Yeah. Uh, to me, after the success of the the Emerging Nations um, last year, I would have thought that one would have been booked straight in uh, in the UK for twenty twenty two. Like, just following on from that year after trend, yeah. I've spoken to a few people about uh, why there isn't an Emerging Nations nines for next year to sort of follow yeah. a year after the one that's happening in Sydney this year. Cause there's quite a few nations that have missed out this year. Yeah. That would have been, it would have been a great opportunity for them to put something together. I've spoken to people involved with the nines, um, and, and they've said that there hasn't been a word discussed about an yeah. Emerging nine. So 
I, I don't know. It tells you all you a... need to know, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, at, at the end of the day, and again, I've said this on your show before, there are pockets in so many countries out there of between 30 and 200 people in each country who love rugby league. Yeah. All they need is a little bit of hope. They need a carrot dangled in front of them. I think we all accept, you know, since rugby league was founded and, and born in 1895, we understand our game is the working class game. That's why we love it. But at the same time, what frustrates me and what frustrates so many people is you can't sit here and plan for the future. And even if you do try and plan for the future, the, the sands shift all the time. So I'll give you an example about the World Nines. The initial meeting we had as a Poland committee in December after the Emerging Nations, we forwarded a motion that we were going to focus on Nines Rugby League this year because we thought surely we'll be invited to the World Nines or given a chance to qualify for it or something. Um, you know, the Philippines are in the same boat. Like, mm. you know... Where's their carrot? You know, I was amazed we beat the Philippines. I was looking at the Philippines in the Emerging Nations and the pre-match, pre-tournament build-up and thinking, geez, these are shoe-ins for the Big Cup. And mm. so for us to even be on the same field as the Philippines was a huge effort. Never mind beat them. And, in, you know, we've gone undefeated in the whole thing and we've cobbled a team together with two months' notice. And instead of the game sort of going, oh, Geez, they've done all right. How can we build on this? You know, we've just been left to pasture. And again, if it wasn't for Taz Bateri, we wouldn't know anything. You know, um, Taz is always there to talk about ideas, but he's a one-man band, or he seems to be. We, yeah. we need something. And, and, and all I'm asking for is a calendar. I'm asking for carrots to be dangled in front of teams, you know. Um, anything. <laughs> Any, just something would be nice. The fact that the Nines tournament, an Emerging Nines tournament, wasn't even discussed just shows the um, the lack of interest the game has. And I look at it this way. You can go virtually through any Western country and see children or adults wearing a, Brady, uh, a Tom Brady jersey from the New England Patriots. Those people might never get to see a game, but they are contributing to the Tom Brady brand, the New England Patriots brand. It's even incumbent on our NRL clubs and our Super League clubs to grow their brand. You know, um, it, might, it might mean nothing in the short term, but in 10 years' time, that might be 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people buying jerseys online and investing in the brand because they're falling in love with the team via the internet or something. You know? Yeah, that's right. It seems to be a case of, well, we can't make any money today if we run an Emerging yeah. Nines tournament, for example. Yeah. But you're right, it's not about that. It's about, you know, the kid that could be wearing a Kalen Ponga jersey in Poland. Um, yeah. You know, in the future, or it's it's about making some an investment now for the future. And I, I think our game's been a little bit short-sighted. Uh, and, and look, I don't want to get too far away from from the Poland Philippines chat, but it's, it's just another example of, um, you know, some, some, some guys that are doing some hard work on the ground yeah, and possibly not getting the help that they need. Well, uh, you know, to put some, something together. some people in rugby league were quick to just paint us as a load of Aussies who just got together to win a tournament. You know, I, I, 
I uh, challenge any of them to stand in front of the 20 people who represented Poland in that tournament and say those words and see what response they'd get. Um, they wouldn't know what hit them. And because the passion with which those boys shown, just because they had Australian accents, um, for the most part, you know, not not totally. Um, but, you know, you're talking about their grandparents that had been shifted over to uh, camps because of, of war situations or communist situations and stuff like this. So to, to, to sort of toss Poland up as some kind of Australian exile sort of jamboree was, was an insult in the first place. And what Poland did is come together very quickly. We had nine players two months out from the tournament to come together very quickly, all because of a combined love for the Polish heritage. Mm. And it was a very special time. It was a very special um, feeling throughout it all. And they did very well. They won five games, including the pre-tournament test against Hungary. They won five games and nobody has looked at that and thought, oh, geez, they've done something right. How can we, how can we develop that? How can we make that bigger? This should be the start of rugby league in Poland. This should be the That's right. start. That's you know? yeah. right. Yeah. The Philippines. The Philippines have gone through some tough times in various things. Prior to that Emerging Nations World Tournament, there were genuinely quite a, a significant force in Emerging Nations Rugby League. And those poor guys haven't had a home game in the Philippines since 2013. Why? Mm. Who's helping them? Who's giving them opportunities? And, and this is why I think the game needs to wake up. Um, 20, 30 years ago, the AFL in Australia decided to have a 20, 30-year plan and to take over Australia. And they're doing a damn good job. You know, their crowds are showing that, the participation rates and everything else. We can have a 20-year, 30-year plan to develop the world of rugby league because um, we've not done much in the first 100-odd years. So, you know, we need, we need to try and put some, some things in place. Secondly, all these different countries that you go to have different value systems. So a lot of these countries don't have the same distinction between league and union. Yep. They'll play both and and good luck to them. Um, and also, uh, some countries don't have a class system or a, uh, uh, an establishment type thing. So, you know, there might be a chance to get into some establishment figures in different countries that can really promote our game. But if they keep getting their sort of brassed off and not getting opportunities, well, they're going to look the other way, aren't they? And, you know, Poland is a country that the, the government doesn't doesn't back the sport of rugby league, so we're behind the eight ball there. Um, it's run by some volunteers in Poland and just a handful of them, so we're behind the eight ball there. Our playing strength is probably in Australia, um, but is also only at a grandparent sort of qualification level, so their children won't be able to qualify. And our finance, our geographical strength is probably in Great Britain because it's close to Poland mm. and obviously the domestic game as well. The financial and economical chance for Poland is probably in Australia, um, but that's a long way from Poland. So we've got a real tough job to try and put all that together. And we've made so much progress, but we've not been able to get you know, this tour up and running and we've done the sensible thing. And it's just unfortunate that Everyone was excited about a tour to the Philippines, and now they're having to 
to to quash that excitement because everybody wanted to go really, and, yeah, and, and everybody wanted to see it happen, and it's not happening. And you know, in rugby league terms, another one bites the dust because this isn't the first time this has happened in rugby league circles as well as we know. So, Lee, what next? Like, is there anything? Is that it for Poland, or? Are there, are there plans to be playing in Europe or what can possibly happen next and what can anyone out there do to help if, if they if they feel they can? Well, they need to get in touch. need to get in touch. They can get in touch with with me via the Rugby League Coach Facebook page and the website, you know, rugbyleaguecoach.com.au. They can do that. They get in touch with me via that. But we're hoping to go to Poland this year. I'm a bit... I'm a bit loath to say too much because I was excited about going to the Philippines and look where that's mm. <laughs> we We want to go to Poland and we want to bring between five and ten Australian-based Polish players to help Poland in Poland. So we want to go over there, we want to play a couple of tests, help with some school clinics and that kind of thing. So we, we really want to do that. Might sound silly, but that's actually, actually easier to organise because... We will go over to Poland and there'll be an infrastructure there already in terms of sports medicine and referees and all that kind of thing. And there'll be a bit of geographical help from the the UK. But because we're only taking between five and ten people, we can actually probably book our flights ourselves and meet in Poland or something like that. So it's a bit easier than, than picking a test team to go on tour. So that was the other thing too. When I only had 20 players put their hand up, that means the test side is picked for me. And I've never mm. known a test side picked on that basis. So that, that started putting... putting yeah, whoever can afford to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah. that's therefore a social trip, isn't it? So Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, look, I, and I think the game just, you know, just needs to put something on for, for emerging nations because... Honestly, the excitement after the emerging nations from every team, from every official, whether they won five games or lost five games, they were so excited. And as every passing week or month goes by, the the more that's fading away. I think. Is is it up to the nations to get together and put something on? Can they even do it? I mean, because there's obviously not a lot of help happening from the top. Um, is this something that's been discussed at all? There's obviously relationships between different nations um, that are in in play. So we do talk all the time. I mean, that's what happened with the Philippines. It's just relationships. Um, and I suppose you could argue that if England tour Australia, it's about the English game talking to the Australian uh, ARL or NRL or whatever and, and coming up with a tour. Yeah, that, we understand that. That's right. We um, saw how hard it was for the Great Britain Lions to come out here because yeah. the Kangaroos didn't want a bar of it. So, but you know, the, what hope do some of the smaller guys have? But the, the, the difference is with the bigger guys is that there is an infrastructure in place. You know, yep. Great Britain could come over here on tour and if the Australians don't want to play them, there's a million other teams that would. Um, and there'd be a crowd that would turn up to put some money in the coffers. It's far different. And I bet the Great Britain players aren't paying their own way to get over here either. I bet they're being paid yep. for. So, um, yep. you know, it's just, it's it's not an apples and apples scenario, is it? And I think we need help. We need focus. Because I'll tell you this, if if somebody says, one of the reasons we were so, so successful in the Emerging Nations World Championship is that, number one, it was a world championship. You had the chance to get test caps 
in a world championship. And to put that on your CV as a player is huge. Mm. Um, secondly, every game was live streamed. So any player could play in front of technically anybody in the world if they if they tuned in. And not only that, scouts and recruitment managers could watch the games too. It's all about opportunity. Um, and that brings players out the woodwork. You know, if we were playing World Cup qualifiers in two years, you'd be amazed how many people would turn up Polish. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what happens. It needs to come from the top. I want the International Federation to discuss it and say, right. And the reason I, I advocated an emerging nations nines in the middle of the sort of four year cycle is it's a lot actually for a lot easier for a team or a nation to get together 12, 13, 14, 15 bodies than it yep. is to get 20, 21, 22, 23. Um, so nines would would give more nations, and I tell you this: when there's something really good in the pipeline, people will people will save their pennies to get to it. They'll find the money as much as they can. If somebody can't, then people will club together to help him or her if it's female tournament, um, and sponsors are interested in it. Yeah, you know. But if there's no future, what can we offer sponsors? What can we offer players, you know, apart from pie-in-the-sky ideas? And unfortunately, that's what the Philippines trip will be seen as now. Or, you know, they said they were going to go to the Philippines. They didn't. It's a, it's a, they didn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a, you know, it's like a false promise kind of thing. It's like an over-promise and under-deliver. And we, that's not our fault. We all wanted to go. We all wanted yeah. to go. So, Well, I think we can agree. It's pretty shit. Um, there's plenty that... that can be done and should be done and I think yeah. I think the conversation about an emerging nines needs to continue and, yeah. and I think something can be sorted and yeah. I hope that it can be because it would be really cool to see that happening next year. Yeah. I'm going to pop your details all the rugbyleaguecoach.com yeah. details in our um, in our show notes so that if anyone wants to get in touch yeah. uh, any potential sponsors out there for Poland or any, anyone that can yeah. help, uh, they know they know who to contact. Yeah. Uh, mate, thanks for sharing You're welcome, this mate. with us as well yeah, and um and we'll keep people posted with what's going on, and and if anything is happening over over in Poland later this year, then or if a sponsor comes out of the woodworks and this Philipp- Philippines yeah. tour ends up happening, yeah, as well, then then you know we'll definitely keep you everyone. Know, it, it's, in a bit, it's a bit of a poor Poland story, but we also need to think poor Philippines. You know that definitely. You know this is a the Philippines is a growing rugby league nation that has big. Numbers I've seen, I work quite closely with the ASEAN Rugby League people for through my yep. business, and I have seen the figures in regards to the numbers of, of qualified players that yeah. play just in Australia with with one or two um, uh, Filipino parents um, or grandparents. The, the opportunities in a place like the Philippines are huge, um, and I also think that the, the, one of the myths I want to disperse to anybody who's who's out there is that there is literally no pot of money. You know, it's not a it's not a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for us. This emerging nation stuff. It is literally like you trying to get an amateur team up and running in England or in Australia or wherever. It's it's trying to do it's it's trying to do it from the most fundamental, basic basic starting point. Um, nothing glamorous about it at all, is there? Not at all, mate. Um, <laughs> but hopefully one day. We crack on. <laughs> Lee, thanks very much, no buddy. No worries. Well done with your podcast, mate. It's going great. Love it. <laughs> thanks, dude. Glad you're enjoying.